Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and today I am talking with Esther Moberg of Lagoon Small Farm. Did I get it right? Yes, good job. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> Welcome, Esther. Thank you. Um, so you have this lovely, small, like, four-acre property you're yes. on uh, Highway 202. Yes. Um, is this is this only or is this it, I te think it technically, technically is. I'm not that far from the Big O, which is the landmark for most people. It seems to be. That's downtown only. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have a lovely spot here with many. Uh, you have animals. Um, we. I have to just, just fun fact before the interview started. Esther had to run and check and make sure that her two Highland cows were still inside the pasture because they are escape artists. They are very wily. They have escaped <laughs> seven times in the last year. They are the reason I have gray hair. <laughs> so tell us about, so let's start with the cows. So you have these Highland cows. What are Highland cows? So they're the ones that are extra fluffy. I, I think some people call them Wookiee cows because they've got they so much hair. They are very shaggy. Yes. <laughs> so they're the picturesque in the Scottish postcards, the, the very fluffy cows grazing. Um, they're very hardy cows, so they mm -hmm. don't need a lot. Um, they actually eat a lot of blackberries, which is why I got them, because I have a lot of blackberry bushes. And so they clean those up very nicely, and they're also low low maintenance other than when they're running away. <laughs> so, who knew smaller means easier to get out of fences? They sound kind of like goats. I mean, they're, it, yeah. as it, I don't think of cows as being escape artists, but apparently... Very, very large goats. I was also yeah. fascinated because both of your cows are females, but they have horns. They do. So the Highland cows, they're actually raised for beef in Scotland. Mm -hmm. They're They're prized for their beef, but I'm not that kind of farmer. Yeah. <laughs> if I name them, I don't eat them. Um, but yes, they they have um, the long horns, almost like a Texas longhorn, but a little bit shorter. So yeah. they're extremely cool looking. Yeah. I just love them. Um, but I'm really glad that I'm not the one chasing them down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people helping me, which is great. It's a great way to get to know your neighbors. <laughs> yes. So how long have you been here at this property? Uh, so I actually got this property November of 2019. So it's really not that long at all. Uh -huh. um, I've had a full year of farming it, I guess you would say, farming and gardening, yeah. and um, just getting into my second year. So. What made you do this? So I have a very busy full-time job. I work for the Seaside Public Library, um, but I was looking for a little more balance in my life. I was actually trying to garden where I lived in Seaside, and there was so much salt air, I would literally have had to um, replace the dirt every year in order for things to grow. And I was just so frustrated. I mean, salal was basically the, the native plant that flourished in my yard. And, and that's a lovely it. plant. And it is. And they were beautiful, but I wanted to garden. And yeah. so I looked around and I said, you know, I wanted some balance in my life, which legume means balance or not too much, not too little. And I wanted something to kind of escape to after work and just really pour my heart into gardening and, and trying some other fun stuff. It, well, I think you're well on your way. <laughs> you also keep a lot of different birds. I um, do. Poultry, I suppose. Yes. Um, you're mainly for eggs, right? Yes. So I, I got into quail eggs to, or quail to start. Um, a friend who is a chef said, well, if you raise quail, I'll buy the quail eggs. 
Um, so I thought, okay, I'll try quail. I did not know they are very ferocious little birds. <laughs> They're like velociraptors. They don't look ferocious. <laughs> They're very but... sweet until they turn on each other. They don't turn on humans, they turn on each other. So um, very aggressive little half pound birds, but they, um, if you can raise them right, they're a lot of fun. I actually enjoy them more than chickens, but mm -hmm. I do have chickens and ducks as well. So, so yeah. all the sizes of eggs. Yes, no, no emus. <laughs> you know, there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> there's still time. So what do you do with the eggs? Where do you, do you sell them locally? Do you sell them direct? How do you know? Yeah, I do. So um, I have to give a shout out to North Coast Food Web because they are amazing for small farmers. They really help connect you to a market in mm -hmm. a very easy way. So um, at first I was just selling directly to some friends and family, but then I found North Coast Food Web and got hooked into their program. So you can... Um, people can go online, order whatever they want from all the different small farms, and then it's all distributed through the one office in Astoria once a week. Um, so it really works nice for me to sell. Um, right now I'm not selling quail eggs for it because I actually use them, I sell them for hatching eggs, and um, I've got too much demand right now to do them for eating eggs, but I do sell my duck eggs and chicken eggs through that. And I, I just love the idea of having fresh local eggs to give to people. Um, that ability to grow it and know it is from a farm where the animals are spoiled. <laughs> they, they are living a pretty luxe life, I have to say. They They're are. A sweet little barn, nice little setup. Yeah, I don't uh, know if you saw the little basketball hoop they have. <laughs> I think I noticed that, but it's nice that you provide entertainment yes, for them. Yes, yeah, I try. And how many chickens do you have now? So I just got some new chickens. So I have um, 20 chickens, I have seven or eight ducks, and then I have 16 quail right now. That's enough to keep you busy. It is. It's and the a two lot. cows. <laughs> yes, and two dogs. And two dogs. So overall, I mean, you, I, I also saw um, you have a, a new fenced area where you're growing flowers. Yes. You have a flower stand at your property. So if you're driving out Highway 202 and you see this beautiful wooden fence, it's a little flower stand there. So you're supplying flowers for your flower stand. And you know what, what all are you growing? Yeah, so I just wanna be able to kind of have a Four Seasons little farm. So, so far I have sold everything from blackberries to cut flowers on my little stand. Um, then I also do holly wreaths in the winter because mm -hmm. there are holly trees on the property. Um, so I'm just looking at what is available. And my little farm stand is mostly for the cut flowers. I'm really not trying to get big into the flower business other than mm -hmm. growing them for my own pleasure in the little stand. Um, but I am trying to do more of the, the food side of it at the North Coast Food Web. So I have different outlets for different things. And you mentioned um, Christmas trees. Yeah, so I am trying to plant Christmas trees and start a Christmas tree farm. Of course, that's five years out when you when you plant from to because when you get them, they're just little seedlings. Um, but I have approximately 150 little trees already. I've done a year last year and this year of planting. So I'm hoping in about three to five years to start offering some for either you cut or already cut um, that people can just pull in and, and grab and. What kind no. of varieties are you growing? Um, so far I have some um, firs. I just, I did some Douglas firs this year. I've got some, I think, balsam pines. Um, I have three varieties and of course off the top of my head, I can't remember <laughs> the other two. <laughs> They're all the Christmas tree varieties though. Um, nice. I get them directly from wholesale for, for Christmas trees, so yeah. It's, it's a lot to maintain here. It, it, that's a big hobby. 
that you're taking on. So do you, how, what inspired you to do this? I mean, you have a background in gardening. I, I first knew you as a master gardener here That's in Clatsop right. County, but I also did not know that you have, you have quite a master gardener history. You said you've been through the program three times? I have. Tell so, me about that. Well, wait, I was trying to remember if I met you the first or second time I went through the program. Um, way back in 99, um, I actually decided to go through the Master Gardener program, and then I ended up being president because nobody wanted it. <laughs> um, yeah. And we also had that Lewis and Clark Centennial at the time. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that, And there yeah. was this big thing at the fairgrounds. There was a big demo garden. Yep, for the, I, yeah, I remember that. A lot of fun. On, I think yeah. National Guard brought in huge live trees yeah. anyway back in the day. Um, so I did it once, and then I actually moved back to Minnesota, and I looked into getting in the Master Gardener program again. And it's actually very tough to get into the program back there. You have an interview process. They may or may not let you in. They only let a select number of people. I happen to be part of the group they let in, barely. <laughs> and the payback hours are way more than they are here. And it's interesting because um, I was in the cities. And so it was actually most of your volunteer time is at um, uh, retail nurseries that you're sitting and giving. I did do a couple presentations around um, the Twin Cities of Minnesota, but anyway, it was a little harder to do payback time. It was interesting. And then I moved back here again and I went through the, the program one more time, but I'm uh -huh. sadly a lapsed master gardener right now. <laughs> it can be challenging to keep it up, but I, I have this sense of like once a master gardener, kind of always, always in your heart, it's, a master gardener. It's in your blood to, you know, do the things the right way as far as, you know, natural and organic mm -hmm. and yeah, when you learn a lot too. Yes. I mean, I found it a really useful program when I first moved here in 2003 and went through it, mm -hmm. knowing that I wanted to start farming, but there weren't any sort of small farm programs in the area at that time. And mm -hmm. so the Master Gardeners was the closest I could get to how to grow things in this region. Right. And it was really helpful. Yes, I agree. It definitely is helpful. And, you know, that payback time of Helping other people like identify what's going on in their garden or what bug is this. I think it all adds to your own learning and growth in yeah. and things. So yeah, definitely the foundation for this. <laughs> Did you always want to raise animals? No, <laughs> I have not really been a, a farm animal person. Uh, my sister would tell you that in my family. Um, I was usually the one with my nose in a book when my sister was off riding horses unless she dragged me along. <laughs> So for me to have cows is quite a big step. This is the first time in uh, ever. <laughs> so, so it's all new. It's all a challenge, and I'm learning a lot. My friends that have hundreds of cows all laugh at me when I, when I ask them questions about, will a vet come for two cows? And the answer is probably not. <laughs> you know, to trim their hooves or whatever. Do you so? Do you have to learn how to trim their hooves? I'm told it's not an issue. It depends on with these with this with breed. yeah. It depends on how much they're on certain terrain or whatever. So I'm, we'll see. <laughs> I may be begging some vet to come out to trim their hooves. So. That honestly has been one of the things that has kept me from wanting to to take on animals, um, just because we have such a wet environment here, mm -hmm. and the hoof trimming just feels very Goats, daunting. It's daunting a, to it's me. Often. Yep. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, they did, just so you know, they have had their hooves trimmed about a year ago when I first got them. So they're good for now. But they're good for now. <laughs> so, good. Yeah. so has it been what you what you thought it would be? I mean, moving out here. So you've had about a year here, a full season cycle, and you're trying a lot of different things. Yeah. Is it is it doing what you thought it would do? Well, the for funny you? 
thing is I thought I would do more with the gardening side and it ended up being more about the birds the first thing. Um, I didn't get my garden fencing established until late last year so I really haven't been doing much with the gardening other than uh, Christmas trees. But uh, in some ways, I don't know, farm life, if you weren't raised in it, can be a little more traumatic having to deal with all the predators and all <laughs> rats are an ever-present thing on farms. And yeah. I think I have squirrels in my attic right now. <laughs> so things like that, I just um, did not expect as much. Um, and, you know, you just have to learn how to either recruit some really good friends or deal with it yourself. <laughs> And I've done both. So it's it's been an interesting challenge. So yes and no. Um, I I never thought I'd own cows. And now I have them. I don't know, you know, how long I'll have them or if they'll be in my life forever. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's all a every year. I think it's just a wait and see. And, and I try and do it just a little more each year. So I'm trying to add little pieces as I go. But we'll see what we'll see when it becomes chaos. And then I'll have to retrench <laughs> Are you able to find the balance that you were looking for? Because it can be a lot to take on. You know, you have a full-time job, mm -hmm. and then you come home, and, you know, there's chores you need to do here. How is that balance going? You know, uh, when COVID hit, uh, the pandemic, I actually found this little farm to be that mental health break that I needed, that I could come to my little oasis and just be with the animals or take care of their needs or whatever and it was like a, a relief from everything else going on in the world and having to deal with at work and everything um, so I've actually really enjoyed it yes the chores can be a lot sometimes but honestly I think I have one of the best setups as far as it's not too much at this point mm -hmm. um, most of my birds are pretty low-key even though I have a lot <laughs> you know it's just feeding them and and keeping the lights on and literally and uh, making sure they're safe and everything so do you have a lot of predators here that you've encountered or yes so I have seen a bobcat right next to my barn one night <laughs> and um, there's of course the usual you know possums and skunks and raccoons we hear the coyotes down in the woods thankfully I've never seen them the screech owls are a little disconcerting to hear the first time I heard one it sounded like I don't know like a cougar dying or, or something um, and then I've had a mink or a weasel get in my barn it was very small um, but very deadly um, yeah. it sadly ate all of my baby ducklings one time and they disappeared without a trace Oof. it was I it was the first day I bought them and they just disappeared so that was pr that's how I discovered I had a mink um, so that was pretty brutal but um, for the most part, uh, you know, we were talking about elk and deer. I think those are the main issues, honestly, outside the barn. And then inside, of course, is the things that can worm their way in. And you have to keep sealing up holes all, all the time. So. Do you have many elk that come through this property? So the elk are actually right next door in the field. Um, you know, I'm right near the highway. And one day I saw this herd of about 50 elk just come streaming across the highway up the hill and people are driving 55 miles an hour around here and there was a sheriff coming and I'm waving my arms at him like slow down and he's just like looking at me like who are you to tell me and it's like okay it's on you buddy <laughs> you know if you want to hit this wall of elk but then thankfully he saw him and slowed down so um so they're thankfully they're they're not on my property I mean they've been in my woods but not in the the main part because then that's a lot of plants that they're going to eat and everything. They love my neighbor's field, so I'm happy that they're, they're happy. <laughs>
So far, they aren't, they aren't fighting for your flowers. Not yet. I think my area is small enough that they're not they're not interested yet. So. But you have deer. Lots of deer. Yes. Every every week there are deer. They you know sleep in the woods all around here. Um, I find antler sheds in the cow pasture actually, which it's kind of surprising they jump in with the cows sometimes. So. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all around here all the time. And the cows don't seem to be bothered by them? They aren't. Um, my cows do spook sometimes. I call it zooming. They start like almost stampeding and they'll run. It gets a little scary when you have an 800 pound animal run, running around a very small fenced area. Um, but it's just mostly like large, loud motorcycles will set them off. One time it was my riding mower. Um, that freaked them out for whatever reason and they were running between the two pastures like crazy. So I had to stop and feed them and calm them down. <laughs> Just one more reason to plant all your lawn and not mow it. Right, there you go. <laughs> Wildflower forest. <laughs> that sounds perfect. How, um, what's your, what's your vision for here? I mean, what are you, what are you seeing happening here? I mean, I know it's hard to say when you're just getting mm -hmm. started, but what are some of your ideas for where you'd like to see this go? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more the gardening side is where I my heart is. Um, you know, I started with birds and everything and we'll see, I, you know, I'll probably do those for at least a few years, um, maybe long term. I, I don't know why, but I like the quail, even though they're a little <laughs> vicious little things. Um, but overall, you know, I'd love to see the, the tree farm, the Christmas tree farm kind of take off. Um, so, and that takes slow, to, you know, slow, a lot of planting and it takes years. So um, I'd love to see someday having just a cut flower garden where people could come and cut their own flowers and kind of have that experience of getting away and just enjoying and picking what they want, um, you know, in the middle of summer or whatever. So um, those are kind of some hopes I have. I'm not sure that a lot of the animals will be long term because I love to travel and it's hard when you're tied to a farm and yeah, it's and one everything. thing trying to get a dog sitter, but getting a cow sitter. Yeah, it's it's is interesting. Different. Yeah, like just and if they run away, don't worry. You know, they're not coming back. <laughs> so. Well, that's one thing. I mean, you you've mentioned that you've been fortunate that they've run away on your days off. Yes. It's almost as if they time it so that most you're of the time. Here, yeah. But. <laughs> If you're in Mexico, that's hard. That's not going to work out. <laughs> they're, yeah. just, they're just down the highway. <laughs> Maybe they'll go wild and join the elk herd, yeah. you know, and they'll just suddenly all around here and only will see these two weird looking elk yeah, hanging I, out. The, the good thing is they're the only two really hairy little brown cows around here. So they don't, do stand out among all the black beef cow in the area, <laughs> which is the one good thing. So everybody knows when your cows I get think, out. I think people all know who my cows are. <laughs> What, um, are there things that have surprised you about yourself in doing this? I, I think what you're doing is something that a lot of people dream about. And a lot of mm -hmm. people fantasize about like, oh, it'd be so great to get a place out in the country and start a little farm and keep some animals and grow some flowers. And, mm -hmm. and yet sometimes when you're, then when you're actually doing it, it's maybe different than what you thought mm -hmm. or, you know, there, there's positives and then there's also challenges. Are there things that have surprised you or things that you've learned in this last year? Yeah, you know, sometimes it can be, like you said, more work than you realize. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the day-to-day -day chores, but just realizing, oh, you built a fence and it doesn't work for the cows. Now you have to do a completely different fence, you know, and all the expenses. The, the expenses, I think, were three times what I had estimated when I planned out starting this farm, mm -hmm. <laughs> which you just have to be like, okay, that's the price of 
having a little hobby farm and um, understanding it's an investment, but then figuring out where do you want to sell things to make up for that investment or is it just a, a loss? You know, I'm always looking at profit and loss and things like that. Um, so I think it's just, you know, if it's something you want to do and try, I always have been kind of that do-it-yourselfer person but more from your kitchen so like I make my own soap I make my own candles you know I'm always trying to make things and it's kind of fun so I think that was at the heart of like trying something new um, was the core of why I did this just like you said a lot of people think about it I think also though people don't realize there can be crazy things like I, I went in the chicken coop the other day and my one chicken flies up in the rafters and she pooped on me <laughs> as I'm getting ready to go to work, you know, <laughs> things like that. It's just like, oh my word, really? And, you know, and the, it's so rainy here, like you mentioned, and going out in the dark at night to feed your cows and it's so muddy and you could fall on your face in the mud, you know, things like that are not, I haven't yet, but I'm always very careful because not as romantic as you might think. <laughs> no, I mean, people reference Anna Green Gables falling on her face chasing cows. It is not romantic. It is stinky and smelly, and you really don't want to. Chasing cows is not anyone's real idea of fun, trust me. <laughs> so, That's, uh, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to understand how kind of reality comes up against what you imagined mm -hmm. and then how your ideas evolve over time mm -hmm. to adapt to the reality that you find on the ground mm -hmm. and uh, and how you interpret the property that you're on um, what your opportunities are here mm -hmm. there's a lot to uh, to think about it sometimes you don't know what you're going to be faced with until you're in the middle of it yes. and doing it yeah well and I'm sure you know too like supply and demand I'm always surprised like I thought I planted a ton of flower bulbs last year and I, I feel like I have hardly any flowers, you know, and, and then it's like, you can uh, never have too many. And then eggs, you know, I'm like one week I'm short on one kind of egg and then the next week I have too many of the other, you know, so those balances of like, okay, it just, it rolls with whatever people are interested in or, or what's going on. And you kind of just have to be okay with it and not stress it, you know, and just be like, okay, this is what it is. And, um, I'm, I think partly because I am doing it for fun, it's not like so stressful to be like, oh, I didn't make whatever your goal was that week, mm -hmm. whatever you may have, like how many eggs or, you know, you're, I had some eggs and my chicken, I thought I, my chicken did the certain amount. Well, they molt or they, you know, they freak out and then they all stop laying. <laughs> Suddenly you have no eggs for a while, you know, and my quail, you know, they'll, they'll turn on each other and then for two weeks I have no eggs you know so you just have to live with it and that's that's kind of that farm life I think so well it's nice that you have an outlet like the North Coast Food Web there's small farm market day that's flexible like that so it's mm -hmm. not that you're guaranteeing that you'll have eggs every week but mm -hmm. when you do have them you have an outlet yes it's so nice because you set your how many you'll have and you kind of control what you're filling um, so it is really really nice yeah um, and I've sold blackberries there too. Um, when I have them in season, I have a plum tree, I have blackberries, so I make blackberry jam and plum jam and frozen blackberries. So it's nice to have a lot of different options as well. Are these things you sell at your at your flower stand, farm stand Sometimes, as well? Sometimes. Um, it's more through North Coast Food Web, um, especially the jams and things. Um, I do do once a year, I'll do a week long where I sell jams and preserves and things that I can't sell at North Coast Food Web because they're not all 100% from my farm. Mm -hmm. um, like marmalade, I make marmalade mm -hmm. and I don't 
grow my own oranges, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so that would probably be on the farm stand, things like that. So. Yeah. And do so, you get oops. do you get pretty uh, steady um, customers? I mean, are you do you have like people now they know about your farm stand and they come by? I think at the North Coast Food Web, I have a lot of repeat customers. I don't know about the farm stand because you know I don't see all the people that are up there, so I I don't know. It's it's kind of fun though to see like things disappear and then you're like oh people are taking them and I mean even I've had one person you know they didn't have the full amount of money and that was okay you know they gave what they could and they took some flowers and it brought them joy and I was totally okay with that <laughs> you know so because for me it's about bringing happiness a little farm stand it's not about like a profit um, so you know that people can take and enjoy it is really what it's all about or see it you know and enjoy it so I I love driving past it on my way home from Astoria out to my farm it just makes me so happy it's just a sweet little uh, design too it's like a little house with a moss roof on it or yeah something that so that's got. like a Faroe Island I don't know a Northwest wood shop built that it's like supposed to look like a Faroe Island little house and then my dad built the actual little stand next to it. It was supposed to be like a not permanent stand, but now that's, I think, what everyone identifies. So I think this is my stand now. It's always going to so, have to be part of your stand Yeah, incorporated somehow. in some way. So those are my, like, people see that, and I know that's my little stand. So It's lovely. It's very sweet. I know I was always very uh, cheered when I saw flowers start to show up in your stand. It made me really happy. And then it's like spring is here when you Absolutely. start seeing those flowers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your what are your plans for this year? What are your goals? What are you, what are you hoping to, to make happen? Yeah, so I'm hoping to get quite a few more apples and pears. Um, I just started last year, I think, getting quite a few more in. Um, and I've planted more fruit trees. So I hope to see more of the fruit start coming. And my plums, too. I kind of got to them late as well. So I think I'll have a lot more plums. Um, so I'm excited more for the fruit. And then I'm definitely going to try and plant more um, raspberry bushes and um, blueberries and things like that so hoping to offer more of those maybe not right away this year but by next year I'm starting to see more of those come in and hopefully offer some on the stand the little farm stand as well so it's nice that you can grow slowly yeah and pace yourself <laughs> yeah, I hope so <laughs> do you ever feel overwhelmed I haven't with this other than when the cows run away <laughs> I'm um, like a theme here. Yes, because it's only it's been at my own pace, you know. So if I don't have time, I don't do it. Um, so again, it's how much I invest is what you know comes back. So I, again, I have to let it go. Like, oh, you don't have that many flowers. Well, this is your season this year. You know, when they're done, they're done, um, and then plan for next year. Um, which I'm already ordering bulbs <laughs> for next year. So I'm, I'm like, I need pink pink daffodils. But anyway, yeah. So it really. I, you know, that overwhelm sense probably also is when like things happen with your birds and you're like, oh my word, what just happened? You know, the mink got them. What do I do? What am I doing here? That kind of moment I think can definitely throw you a little like, am I really a farmer? I don't think so, but I'm learning. It's just <laughs> so, been one year. Yes. You can grow into Baby it. steps. <laughs> but there are rewards and what are you finding rewarding? So the, you know, right now in my um, fenced-in garden, I have the sweetest little blue daisies that are greeting me every day. They're too small to pick, um, but they just bring me so much joy to go by every day. And then, of course, all the daffodils, um, and I've got this full tub of tulips. Um, so things like that really bring me joy. And then I'm also still discovering things on the property from the previous owners. They had daffodils tucked away in the, the woods. 
Um, there were some actually in this clump of blackberry bushes that I transplanted. So those happy little surprises, I think of, oh, you know, there's things on this property I didn't know about. I've only been here four seasons and I think I'll still see surprises. You know, I love, there's a cherry tree that blossoms. It's not good for fruit, um, but that cherry tree is in the cow pasture. And when that comes out every spring, it's just beautiful. So things like that, I just, that's kind of what makes living here so so joyful so that sounds very inspiring <laughs> <laughs> and nicely balanced too which yes. i think comes back to how you chose to name this place yes lagoon you said it's a swedish it is a swedish word, word. so i'm my mother is 100 percent swedish so i'm american swedish of course so um i i feel like that kind of going back to those roots and um looking for ways to find balance in my life are very important so yeah well i'm very inspired <laughs> you make me want to downscale <laughs> like, Ooh, quiet balance that sounds great to me <laughs> it's chaotic except no. for the chasing cows i don't <laughs> yes. want to chase cows but other than that i'm all on board and uh, yeah. i look forward to coming and cutting a christmas tree from here yes, someday definitely a few years down the road yes. a few years down the road <laughs> give me a few years absolutely with with uh happily i will give yeah. you a few years um, if you are just joining us, uh, or if you've been listening to us, um, I've been speaking with Esther Moberg. She is the owner of Legume Small Farm on Highway 202. Um, if you're coming, driving outside from, driving out from Astoria, what, about five miles about out? About five or six miles. You yeah. want to look on the right, there's the cutest little stand. It's like a little moss-covered roof and a wooden fence. Stop and get some flowers, some blackberries when they're in season other treats or look for her eggs at North Coast Food Lab. And uh, thanks, Esther. It was delightful to chat with you. Thank Lovely you. to meet your cows. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we didn't have to chase them. I am too. <laughs> Thank thanks you. so much. Thanks. And thanks for joining us on In Season. We'll talk to you next time. Okay.